Hello, agriculturists. Welcome back to a new episode of I Believe TV. I'm your host, Jacob Simpson. I have a very special treat for you tonight. I have the one and only Bobby Ray Stout representing the South Region uh, of the Georgia FFA Association. Bobby Ray Stout, would you please introduce yourself uh, to the viewers and guests of the show? Oh, absolutely, Jacob. Hi, everyone. My name is Bobby Ray Stout. Uh, I proudly represent the Long County FFA chapter and currently serve as the 2023-2024 Georgia FFA South Region State Vice President. I am so excited for this opportunity. I've been talking about this interaction for weeks now. Um, my FFA members have been like, dude, shut up. So, oh my gosh, this is exciting for me. I'm so happy. Me too, Jacob. I, I, I cannot believe that I'm saying this, but this is probably the most exciting thing I've looked forward to all this week. <laughs> like I kid you not, I've been looking forward for this for the past two weeks, ever since you contacted me. I was like, oh, my first podcast. I can't wait. I appreciate that, man. That That makes me happy. That makes my soul happy. So I have a whole bunch of questions for you um, since you are uh, since you were in 4-H2. So uh, this will add on a little bit more. Um, so I have a bunch of questions for you. If something's too hard in the meantime, let me know. We can skip right over it and we can come back to it later. Are you ready? Uh, I, I am ready as I'll ever be. Yes, sir. All righty. First things first, what got you to join the FFA? Um. So mine's kind of like an interesting start, I would say. Um, the first time I've heard of FFA was actually back in 4-H. I've been in 4-H since I was in fourth grade, but I didn't start FFA until my freshman year of high school. Um, Long County doesn't, didn't have a middle school chapter at the time, so really the only agricultural thing that I could be a part of was 4-H. I had a couple of friends in FFA when I was in middle school and they told me a lot about it. And at the time I was very, very hesitant about joining probably because I didn't really come from an ag family. My, I just started learning about horses and having a small farm with my aunt and uncle at that time. So joining FFA was very different um, because I had friends in FFA already. They kind of guided me at open house um, they had told me to go to the ag room, and fortunately for me, my ag teacher, my very first ag teacher, was Miss um, Amy Swindle, and she used to be, um, well, she's not an ag teacher no more, but at the time, she had, was her second or third year teaching ag, and she would previously go to my church, so I was kind of excited that someone that I personally knew was an ag teacher, and she was hyping me up for it, and so at open house... I paid $25, got my FFA dues, and a free chapter t-shirt, which probably was probably one of the reasons why I joined. I got a t-shirt from it <laughs> on Open House. Pretty, pretty amazing. Um, so we had our first chapter meeting, and this very awesome guy comes up to me. His name is Colton Peacock. And let me tell you, this man is awesome. He loved about the FFA. He encouraged me to do it. And he encouraged me to do my first CDE, which was FFA quiz. And it, it's not a national competition. And so I think some states have it, but it's not national. But Georgia FFA has it. And so I kind of learned about FFA throughout the first month and a half. Got really invested in it. 
And by the time of my December, that year of December, I became a junior officer. And so from then on, I just kept on doing CDEs, going to conferences, meeting a lot of friends. And now I'm here today. That is an awesome story. Um, so the main reason that I uh, love that story especially is because you had somebody to look up to and you already knew people who were in FFA. Um, that was totally different from my, uh, my upbringing in the FFA. I didn't know anybody uh, who was part of the agricultural community until I moved to Dewey, Oklahoma. And um, that's when my brother's like, hey, you know, I was in the FFA and I think you should try this out at least for one year. I'm like, all right, fine. And now I'm hooked on it. Um, <laughs> even at school, people tell me to shut up because that's all I talk about. Oh man. But yes, I love how you had a support system going on and, uh, you already had somewhat of an agricultural, uh, background, which was more than me. Um, I was a city boy coming in. Um, I'm somewhat of a city boy, but not like as much as you know. Um, but yeah, I, I, I look up to that. Um, so for the 4-H, what got you to join the 4-H? All right, so fourth grade me was shy. I'll tell you that. Um, that's a hard thing to look back to. Um, so I'll, I'll start with this. So in 4-H, I don't know how Oklahoma does it, but Georgia 4-H, they kind of start in like the cloverleaf section, like cloverleaf age group. It's usually starts in like fourth grade. So I'm just starting fifth grade. But for me, it was in fourth grade. Um, my agriculture, my 4-H educator at the time, Miss Lisa Overbay, I came into my science class and talked about healthy living. I don't remember the current subject, but she came into our classroom and said, you need to do a project about whatever you like. And you had to present it in two months. For me, I was like, huh, a project. And they gave us a list of things that we could do, and it really could be about anything, but I'm a singer, and, you know, I didn't know what to talk about. I liked computers at the time. I had really thought about doing a computer project, but they had told me that they had a performing arts category, so they said, you could sing for your project. And I was like, huh, okay. So singing... I did that for like in class and they were all like amazed. And I was amazed by that 4-H had like a singing competition. I'm like, no way, but it's pro it's part of what 4-H calls project achievement and it goes throughout high school. And so at that time I had done my first like district project achievement for Cloverleafs, did that for a while. And then we had other meetings, other community service events, and overall, 4-H, I, I really like, I really loved it. I'm not going to lie. Um, I've had, I went through four 4-H educators. Um, the second one came in my fifth grade year, the same, the following year after I joined because uh, Miss Overbay had retired. And so I got a new 4-H educator. Her name was Miss Savannah Carter. Uh, she was fun. And she had left my eighth grade year and then Throughout my high school years, 4-H, uh, I had another educator who had just graduated from ABAC. Uh, her name's Miss Shelby Muma, and she's still the 4-H educator now. So I went through three 4-H educators, which 
some people may find a little awkward, but yeah, I loved I loved it. At least you enjoyed it. That's all that matters, and that you actually grew from it. Um, so the reason why I asked for 4-H is because um, I got some friends who are in it, but I'm not. Um, I thought about joining the 4-H, but yet again, I don't really have that much time on my plate. Um, so my family says. And um, I really look up to what the 4-H does. Um, I am with you on there. And what's funny to me is that... Um, Usually, 4-H here in Georgia, it it goes with events goes through like the high school level, but in my county, because 4-H is uh, based on the counties instead of like individual chapters, like FFA is. So that's kind of one of the differences between 4-H and FFA. Um, the counties, or the membership, kind of declines in high school, but they're very big on high school. But majority of the members actually come from, um, like elementary and middle school. And for me, it was hard to be in 4-H and FFA at the same time because of FFA. Like I'm, I'm with you there. FFA and 4-H sometimes did not combine well. Um, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, it's 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 kind of a story. I'll tell you that. Yeah, so for me, um, my show mom, uh, which is my best friend's mom, she's in 4-H. And um, she's like, hey, uh, you should join 4-H. It's kind of like FFA. Um, you do a lot of these things that might take up your schedule, but like you should totally consider it. And then I'm talking to my family about this. And they're like, uh, I don't know about that. Um, from what I understand, it's more parent-involved than the FFA um, cause I thought that was a little bit awkward for my position uh, because my family is really busy. So um, like this week alone, I have not seen uh, my family in probably um, how long do I work? About 40, we- uh, 40 hours a week. Um, I get home around six o'clock at night, just uh, working in the barn um, uh, and then that's given me like two hours just to eat and shower and just hang out. And that's not really much. Um, so I'm very time, uh, like consumed all the time, uh, because of FFA student council, um, and all that jazz. It's just a lot for me. Um, but I manage it well. I'm with you on that same boat. Like yeah. this time, time was been one of my major enemies. I, I, I can tell you that. And um, one of the things that I tried to do with my chapter is um, 4-H, for us, we have, uh, like, the Ronald McDonald Pop Tab Collection. Yes. um, Our our state's very heavy on that when it comes to, like, our junior conference for 6th to 8th grade. Like, they have a big old competition at that conference. And to whoever, whatever county brings in the most, like, Pop Tabs, like they get an award and all. So one of the things that I tried to combine 4-H and FFA with because they didn't really combine as much until I had gotten to high school because that was one of my main goals. And so I I helped my chapter like create a pop tab like competition between my two advisors. And it's always been this big deal in my chapter. And I'm hoping that it continues even though I've left high school. But... Is one of the one of the good 
good things that I managed to come out with both 4-H and FFA, and I'm very proud of that. So I, I'm very proud of you for starting that. Um, so fifth grade, I had a math teacher. Um, she had a niece who was um, born differently. Um, something was wrong with her heart, and um, she was hospitalized in Texas. So she went to the Ronald McDonald house, and she started collecting pop tabs. And every year, she'd have a a hundred thousand or so pop tabs just ready to go to the Ronald McDonald house. And I think it's one of the coolest things ever. Um, I did not know that um, it was like a, a bigger deal than that it was just pop tabs. Um, so that, that could be a, a good idea that I might add to my uh, chapter. I like that. Yeah. It's, it's come a long way. Now our, we have two new advisors this year for our chapter. So I'm not sure how that's going to go, but, when I was in high school, like it was always who would get the most pop tabs out of their out of their students. And it was always such a big deal. And I I'd come with a bag of pop tabs and my advisor one of my advisors would be like, Bobby, you should give it to me. And then I had gone into my other ag teacher's classroom, which is uh, Miss Helen Young. Uh, she had retired she retired this past year, so it was a kind of a big deal that she would win on her last year. So I, I don't remember if she did win or not. I don't remember. But it was always a big deal for her. But, yeah, I, I'm kind of happy about that. I will say that. Sounds like you started a little family tradition. I, I'd say it's a family tradition because everyone <laughs> kind of pitched in. No matter how many pounds of pop tabs we collected, it was always a lot. So, uh, back to the FFA. What made you choose to stay? So I had, well, I don't want to say it was a threat, <laughs> but my, I had all of my friends picked on me because I was in 4-H and FFA at the same time. Um, I think one of my friends now, I mean, he, he graduated a, like a year before me, but he would, I had, I have 4-H posters from when I was in a uh, junior board in 4-H and we had created our events. Like they made like posters and they auctioned them off and I was able to snatch two of them. And so I have them on my wall and, you know, you know, Snapchat, like they, you'll, you'll take a picture of the background. And one of my friends who was an officer was like if you're gonna be a part of ffa i'm you're gonna have to burn your posters i'm oh. like what no don't do that i don't want that to happen but we conjured up another deal and he was like if you if you're more involved in ffa and 4-h i'll continue to be friends with you it was like they all picked on me for being in 4-h however i still managed to be a part of 4-h i kept on doing project achievement but a majority of my time went into FFA because I was an officer and it's kind of like one of the requirements that you have to put in time and so I'm not I don't regret anything from that decision because time management I could only do so much but they respected me for being in 4-H and I kind of with that pop tab collection they kind of were okay with it I guess you would say they're like, well, you did one thing. 
but you're with us, so it's all right. The one and thing that I could never do was wear green to really? a meeting. They say, it's fine with you being in 4-H, but you cannot wear green or a 4-H emblem to an FFA meeting, whether that was a officer meeting, whether that was a chapter meeting, whether it was an event, nothing. So, yeah, it was tough. Now that I think of it, I don't have anything green in my wardrobe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, for my wardrobe, it's like a lot of flannel. I got um, a couple of my officer shirts, uh, one from last year and uh, one from this year. Um, I got uh, my old FFA jacket, and I got my new one. Um, I got a whole bunch of orange because, you know, go Pokes. Um, Huge Oklahoma State fan. And I got um, just random stuff, you know, just random T-shirts. Yeah, my my wardrobe is kind of the same. Well, no, I wouldn't say kind of the same. I have flannels. I have button downs. But I have... Majority of my t-shirts are all FFA. Now that I think about it, I was just washing clothes and going through clothes to take with me to college. And I was looking through most of them. I was like, FFA, uh, Day at the Fair, uh, Cloverleaf, or not Cloverleaf. Um, well, yeah, there was a Cloverleaf camp t-shirt from like years ago. I don't even know why I still wear it. Um, we have like our success in Greenhand Jamboree t-shirt, which I'm wearing right now. And then like a whole bunch of FFA. FFA shirts, and I come across two of my 4-H shirts, and uh, those are not going to college, <laughs> unfortunately. But um, my wardrobe, I love polos. Like, polos is, like, my big thing. Like, if you see, you always see me wearing a polo somewhere. Somewhere in my in the world. Like, I, we went to state congress not too long ago. And all I would wear to the dance is polos and khaki shorts. It's hmm. like my outfit all the time. So for me, I do not like wearing polos at all. It's just like the, the, the texture of the shirt, I guess. So that's why I wear like a white t-shirt under it. Um, but like for my officer shirts, they're, they're of course uh, polos. and But they're that silky kind. So I, I really like them. Mm-hmm. And then my OSU polo. Um, I wear that all the time because I look like Mike Gundy if I have my mullet again. Uh, <laughs> if you don't know who Mike Gundy is, he is the current head coach of the Oklahoma State Cowboys football team. And, um, you're, you're, you're probably going to be very sick and tired of this podcast because I love Oklahoma State football. <laughs> you know, I learned a lot of things about Oklahoma at our state officer summit a couple or about a week ago. And I'll tell you what. The Oklahoma State officer team, I love them to pieces. I was I was so happy um, that Georgia and Oklahoma got to interact over there. I was like, what are the odds um, that our officer team gets to hang out with some other cool association? And then we get to see the pictures uh, a couple days later, and it's you guys. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this, is, this could not be a more perfect time because I have that guy on my podcast in a couple days. I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Oklahoma, I love them. And our executive secretary, um, the one who manages our officer team, he, Mr. Uh, Mister Lastly, he's from Oklahoma. And okay. so he tells us about Oklahoma all the time. And that's kind of why 
like Oklahoma and Georgia are always kind of connected. Like at national convention, we always eat dinner with them at some point. So kind of like a tradition. So okay, I will say that. And But this year, I got to meet all eight of them. All fun. I love all of them. They're all so sweet. Um, I got most of them uh, getting ready to come up on my podcast. I got Garrett Case, um, I think June. I forgot what date. Um, but he was episode six, I think, of this podcast. Um, and he lives about 45 minutes away from me. So, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I spent some time with uh, Garrett at the museum, the Museum of Natural History. It was me, Garrett, uh, my friend. It was Emma, who's our North Region Vice President, um, Angel, who is our Central Region Vice President, and then also Cindy from North Region and uh, we all got to hang out with Garrett on during the museum, and it was he's he's such a fun person. He's he such really a fun person. I will say that, and I love him to death. He he can keep a conversation going on for a while. That's what I love about him. Oh yeah, he yes. he he does not run out of any ideas. Yeah, I, so, I love. Him. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I just love Garrett. I will say that. <laughs> I'm leave it at that. So back to 4-H, what made you choose to stay in the 4-H? Um, so back when Miss uh, Savannah Carter, she had left, our kind of program kind of shut down a little bit. Um, our office had gotten uh, moved to like a smaller location right before she left. And there was not like a lot of interest in 4-H anymore, like. They kind of cut her going through the classrooms. They cut her, like, the amount of people she was interacting with. Like, 4-H, it kind of just died my 8th, 7th and 8th grade year. And that time, I was a junior board member. And so, one of my goals and responsibilities was to make sure that our 4-H program would uh, keep keep going. But it was kind of difficult when our office was being relocated to somewhere smaller and you didn't have the resources to fully manage a 4-H program. And so right before she had left, they had moved us to um, one of the old buildings that the school used to own. Um, it used to be like disciplinary for disciplinary action kids. I don't know how you would call them. We <laughs> used to call it STAR and that's where they would have all their classrooms and such. But the school had moved since then, and that office space was just empty. So um, I believe it was the county commissioners. They had said, well, the 4-H can go in these two buildings, and that's that. And she had was we had moved in there, and then she had told us that she was leaving and that we would need a new 4-H educator. And uh, Michelle B. came in, I want to say, seven months later. And so it was kind of hard to keep members or 4-H like active in the community when you have no educator and you just had a secretary to run the building. Like she just ran the building. She couldn't do any 4-H like involvement and such. So it was kind of left up to just the kids to tell like stories and all. And I would tell them about project achievement, how much fun it was how much fun it is still, and then COVID hit, and then it was just horrible. COVID kind of 
made our 4-H program very difficult. But Miss um, uh, Muma, she she really helped out our program, um, and I just continued to stay with it because I I wanted to make sure that I had left 4-H better because I did not want to leave it in shambles. And so I would come up there periodically just to say hey to the kids, tell stories, and I would help them on whatever they needed. And our program has grown since COVID. And now I think we're having like 50% improvement than a few years ago. So I'm very happy where it is now. But I stayed in it just to make sure that it could be built up again. And I'm kind of glad it did. I tip my hat off to you, sir. Perseverance is key to everything to make it successful. I love that story so much. Um, So if you don't know, um, I was in foster care growing up and it was really tough on me. Um, So when I was six years old, um, I was taken away from my biological parents and I was put into the foster care system. And uh, I spent uh, about seven years um, I had no idea where my uh, family was. I didn't have any contact. And it wasn't until um, my third, nope, going into my third grade year, um, I, we were, uh, there's a tornado that already happened in my neighborhood. Um, it got cleaned up. And then we had a mobile missions team uh, come in and they preached the gospel to me. And that's when I, uh, like, I had a chance there. I have a second chance at life. And if I just keep pushing with the word um, by my side, then I can do all things. Um, and then I spent roughly uh, four more years um, just like in darkness and like in despair because I was getting abused um, and neglected more and more every day um, from the time I was eight until I got out of my situation when I was 12. Um and then when I was 12, we had a, a flood hit the same neighborhood again. Um, this is 2019. And then uh, we were staying at church. And then uh, I, I'm not, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go into too much detail because it's kind of, it's kind of graphic. Um, mm. Want to keep this family friendly. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I, I did not have to suffer anymore. I did not have to think about uh, suicide or potentially getting killed again. I did not have to think about any of that because I knew God was with me the entire way. And I just had to persevere through uh, whatever I was thinking about and what I was going through. And then um, the next year, uh, well, not next year, the November of 2019, um, I had one of my caseworkers come to me and ask me a couple questions about uh, family history. She found my oldest brother and my biological mom on Facebook. Um, my mom was in California and my brother, uh, he is currently, uh, taking care of me. So, um, when I found that out, I'm like, oh my gosh, my family is still here. Do they even know about me? Um, and then January of 2020, um, I got to meet my aunt Julie for the first time ever. I did not know about her at all. Um, she lived in Ponca city, which is only about an hour and a half away. Um, and then my brother came down from Dewey to Sand Springs to meet up and have dinner with us. And it was just a good old time. Um, that was like my awakening point where I realized that, uh, my family still loves me no matter how long I've been absent. And then, um, a couple years later, 
Um, I moved in with my brother, uh, with his girlfriend and her youngest son. And then, um, June 22nd of last year, 2022, uh, he got guardianship of me. So I got out of the system healthy. Um, I was elected chaplain of my chapter, uh, which is an extra office. It was actually pretty fun for me. And, um, it was because of him, I got to join the FFA, um, and that was nine years later in the system, and I just could not be more happier. And uh, later, earlier this year, I got to celebrate um, my one-year anniversary of getting out of the system. And um, unfortunately enough, I could not celebrate it with my uh, my mom or dad. Um, my dad is not in the picture still, and my mom, she passed away in September of last year. Uh, she overdosed in California. And, uh, it was just a rough time in the family, um, because, you know, she was, she was the mother of three boys and, uh, she was not there for any of them. So, um, that, that's why I'm like a huge, uh, ambassador of like saying no to drugs and alcohol. Um, I'm highly against it. And if I catch anybody, um, doing any of those, I snatch it and throw it away because it has just so much trauma to me. Um, but perseverance and just keep going and not quitting is what makes me um, who I am today. That's I, I I cannot agree with you more. And praise 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 Jesus that you you were able to persevere through all that. Like I know I couldn't have gone through that. I'd I'd be heartbroken. Like I think if I had ever like been away from my family, I'd I'd be bursting into tears. Because I, I can't do anything without my family. My family is like my number one priority. Um, I think it was during our base camp for state officer training. And um, my great grandma at the time, she was not very doing very well. She was in the hospital. And right before base camp, my, my mom and my, I don't think my sister had went, but probably, I think so. Uh, they had went to Tallahassee where she was and they visit her in case it the inevitable happened. And um, I did not get the chance to go because I was already getting ready for state officer training. And uh, me emotionally, I just could not be there. Um, but I was kind of grieving in my own way, but also getting ready to take on a new journey. And that Wednesday we were at our state FFA office and um, Mr. Lastly had went to go get his truck along with Ian, our state president. And I had gotten a phone call from my mother about, and she had called me and she'd asked, are you alone in a room? I was like, no. So I went out in the hallway and she had told me that Mimi had passed. And at that very moment, I was just, heartbroken I couldn't I knew I was expecting it to happen um they had said that she was not going to make it past Monday but she had made it through Wednesday um but it was it was very heartbroken at the time and Mr I had told Mr Lastly what was going on throughout the week and I had told him on the way back uh to our hotel what had happened and he had asked me if I needed to leave early I said no um, cause I, my main priority was being with my team and I loved them too. Like they were family and I felt comfort there cause I know on the way home, I probably would have been crying, 
but I had stayed with my team and they helped me throughout that week. And when I finally got home, uh, I had um, met up with my family. And uh, yeah, my family is my number one priority whenever whatever comes up. And that even goes to my team. Like they're number one will be God. Number two will be my mom and my family. And number three is my stay officer team. That, that is how it rolls. I love that. I love that so much. You, you still stuck to what you were focused on and that is what your Nana would probably want you to do. Uh, she wants you to be happy no matter what, even though bad things will happen sometimes. Um, but all you got to do is look forward to the good times and make the most of it. And that's what she wanted you to do. Yeah. I was, and, it was a very, it was a fun week. I love that week with all my heart, but it was also an emotional week. Well, um, <laughs> I don't mean to get all upset about this. I don't know. I was, thought I needed to share it because I've never, I haven't even said anything about that since state officer training. So, well, I'm very honored that I was the first person to hear about that. Um, it makes me feel happy that you were comfortable with that, even though you didn't have to. So, yeah. Away from, away from the sadness. <laughs> um, so what was what's your favorite and least favorite parts of the FFA so far? Ooh. Okay, I'm going to start with my favorite part because I, I don't know. I, I, may, I may think about my least favorite because I really don't have a least favorite part about the FFA. Um, my favorite part about the FFA so far is how very diverse the FFA has been throughout the year. I know at first when it first was started in 1928 um, when I was learning about FFA through FFA quiz, it was only people who were interested in farming. It was only for guys. There were some females included, but it wasn't all females weren't actually allowed to join in until 1969. Um, but now it's it's more than farming. It's all these things. We still incorporate um, production agriculture, which I'm thrilled. Um, I never want to lose sight of why, why we are still founded, but I'm very happy that it's diversified into so many things like um, agri-science, ag mechanics, horticulture, hort forestry, all that. I'm very excited about it. And the reason why I love it so much is because I'm very open with communications. I've always liked web designing um, and all that. And then when they had told me that there's a career for like agriculture communications, I had done the agcom CDE for the first time. And I was like, this is a career. I was happy. I did that. F I did that competition, the most favorite competition in my life. So happy about it. And that's probably one of my favorite things about the FFA is that it introduces you to so many careers that you probably wouldn't have th thought of, but is an actual ag career. I'm very happy about that. That's probably one of my favorite parts. My least favorite part, like, I, ca I can't even come up with the least favorite part. <laughs> um, I'll say this. Sometimes I will say it's very hard for chapters to go to national convention um, my chapter has never gone to national convention I know so many others can't because either their board of education doesn't allow it or 
whatnot, but it's always been so expensive. Even if you didn't, weren't going to compete for anything, it, it was so expensive. That's kind of, I guess that's probably one of the downsides that some chapters don't have the, um, eligibility to go to national convention. It's kind of one of the things that I just don't like. Um, I was able to go to national convention last year as a de uh, delegate, which I'm very thankful for, but I was probably one of the first people in my chapter to go to national convention, but I was happy to tell them all the stories that, that I got to experience. And hopefully with our new advisors that they'll be able to take at least a few students to national convention. That's a new one. I haven't heard of that one yet. Um, really? That yeah, I have not heard that one yet. I didn't even think about that. Um, for one bit, um, I was expecting like a mustache rule or, um, like wearing jeans, uh, like some other guests have told me. Um, but that's a new one. I'm I'm actually more intrigued about that one. Um, because today, uh, we were looking at the uh, results for National Three Star Chapter, and my chapter got the National Three Star Award. So I am very very excited to go to National Convention this year. Congratulations. Um, I will say that. Uh, hand claps to you. I can't clap. Well, I guess I can clap, but I'm clapping right now. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, we spent almost all of June um, just in the ag room, well, ag office. Um, me and my ag teacher, just she's just asking me questions every day like, hey, when did we do this? When did we do that? Do you have pictures of this or that? Um, can you tell me more about this and that? I'm like, okay, hold on. I think we're going to get it. No, no, not think. We are going to get it. And what do you know today? I just keep refreshing that page on my phone. And there it is. Dewey FFA chapter, national three-star chapter. That's awesome. Man. I did that same thing with a, um, it was a, it was a CDE. Like I was hoping to get it. I was hoping to get it. And I would refresh like the listserv where all the CDE announcements would come up. And I was, I kept on refreshing, refreshing to see what our team made. And we, I, we, I saw the email, I clicked on it. It was in my forestry class. I looked at it and I screamed, we're going to state. <laughs> I screamed it at the top of my lungs. I was so happy. I, I love state convention. So I've gone the past two years. And the cool thing about this one, uh, this state convention is that it's 45 minutes away from me. Um, it's in Tulsa for the next few years. Um, so I'm like, oh, perfect timing. My freshman year all the way until uh, my senior year. And if I get elected for state office, there we go. Um, even better for me. Um, but like for a national convention, it's just super expensive to go. Um, I have friends from another chapter uh, just a few minutes away from us. And they went last year, and they spent a load of money, um, like, oof, like unimaginable. Like I don't even have that much in my bank account. Um, and then this year, um, we're like, "Are we going to national convention?" It looked fun last year. Our friends went, and they're like, "My actor's like, oh, I don't know yet," because he's kind of he's kind of hesitant. Um, he didn't actually think at first we were going to get the national three star. Um, but now that we do, like, we're going to receive it, we are going. So I'm super excited. Um, he has decided that we are going to take the entire officer team and then the uh, top blue and gold sellers. 
if you don't know what Blue and Gold is, it's a uh, sausage company uh, where they have like a variety of, of meats and it's like really, really tasty. So if you sell like this much, um, you get like a free uh, FFA jacket or uh, what do you call them? Windbreaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this year we're going to be making it uh, like easier for this uh, national convention. So I'm super excited. Yeah, I've heard of blue and gold sausage before. Um, we had a friend that used to go to our stables and they had asked me about fundraising for my chapter because I was coming up with fundraising ideas at the time and they're from Oklahoma and they had said, well, uh, have you ever heard of blue, blue and gold? I was like, what? Like, yeah, blue and gold. It's a fundraising company for sausages. And I was like, oh, but I had looked into it and it was just, I think they said the farthest they could reach was like 150 miles. And I don't know if you know this, but Oklahoma and Georgia, like they're far, they're far <laughs> apart. So 150 miles isn't going to do it. So all the way on the I had to scratch coast. that off the list. <laughs> oh man, you need to come over here to Oklahoma then and enjoy some blue and gold sausage. It is the finest sausage you will ever have in your life. Um, so my family is big on blue and gold sausage and every time we're selling my aunt's like, give me like five or six rolls because that stuff is good. Yeah. I I, I I need to go to Oklahoma and try some because I've, I've heard nothing but great things. Nothing but great things. Back to the 4-H. What was your favorite and least favorite parts of the 4-H? Hmm. That's also a tough one. Let's see. So my favorite thing about 4-H is in our district project achievement category, um, there's like tons of options. And my first from fourth grade to seventh grade, I always did performing arts vocals because I love to sing. I've been singing since I was in like a little baby. Mm-hmm. And it well, back in, you know, in fourth grade when they had said there was a project that you could sing for, I was like, huh, okay. I, I never thought that you could sing in a project. That was, that was, that just blew my mind. But going through that competition for nine years, that it's amazing that there's so many options. And then I switched over to general recreation and in that project category, I'd always talk about music and a lot of other options you could talk about in that category. You could talk about skating. You can talk about cheerleading. You could talk about marching band. You can talk about literally anything. And that I had done that project. I did it once in eighth grade, got first place in the district. Then um, ninth grade, I did performing arts vocals again. Um, I used to always place in that category. However, that year I placed like 10th out of 22 people. And I said, nope, I'm going to do general rec because apparently (laughs) I can speak more than I can sing. Um, So I switched over to that. The first time I did general rec, I did not place. And that was during COVID. It was like seven other people in my category. Um, The following year, my junior year, I placed second. Um, and then there's this like weird thing where um, depending on how many 
people are in your category, you could go on to um, state competitions. But first, if you have one to seven people, only the first place winner got to go to the state level. If there was at least eight people, the first place and the second place winner had gone, could go to the state level. And luckily uh, this year there was exactly eight people and I had managed to get second. And I, I, that was my first and last time going to state Congress. And like, there's tons of other categories. Like there's safety, there's, history like there's so many project categories for this competition that's kind of one of my favorite things about 4-h that project achievement is like the big thing and you can literally do anything with it and that's like one of my favorite parts it inspires me because there's not a music speaking category but i managed to speak about music in one category and anybody else could speak about something and would be in a category that would best fit them. So that's one of my favorite parts. My least favorite part. That's also very, a tough one. I, for 4-H, I don't even think I have a least favorite part. <laughs> I, I'm not kidding. Um, yeah, I got none. I don't know why. <laughs> hey, that is, that's okay, man. Um, I'm actually really glad to hear that you have no least favorite parts or don't dislike anything about the 4-H. Um, that just says how great the 4-H is. Um, t- hats off to the 4-H. Even though I'm not a member, I still mm-hmm. tip my hat off to y'all. Oh, okay. Never mind. I do have a least favorite part. <laughs> now that you said that. Um, 4-H is not a national organization. Like, Ooh. you'll hear about, you'll hear about, like... Texas 4-H, Oklahoma 4-H, Georgia 4-H. The same thing for FFA. There's the Texas FFA Association. There's the Oklahoma FFA Association. There's a Georgia FFA Association. And under FFA is the National FFA Organization. And we all do similarity, similar things. We all gather at National Convention as one big organization. We have our own separate conventions, separate CDEs sometimes, all that. 4-H, none. There is not a national organization. Like, there's a couple, like, there's the National Conference, there's a National Congress, and then there's, like, SRTLC, which is, like, South Region, but nothing in every association is different. Like, I don't think Texas 4-H has project achievement like we do. Like, it's somewhat different. I had visited, my dad used to live in El Paso, and one summer I had checked out their 4-H program, and I had got to their office, and it was just different, different, and I'm just like, no way, but it's kind of weird how, like, F- National FFA has, like, the national officer team, 4-H doesn't. I, I think I was talking to one of my friends about this at State Congress, too. There's not like a national officer team for 4-H. It's always like there's a 4-H CEO. There's a um, foundation, national 4-H president, all that. Um, But there's not like a national 4-H 
thing. There, there's nothing that connects in my eyes. I, some people may see this differently, but in my eyes, there's not a combined 4-H thing. Like, I don't see it. I might be missing it somewhere in my nine years of being in 4-H, but I have not seen nothing that combines all 50 states. And I, I think all 50 states have a 4-H program, but I could also be wrong. I, I, you, you think so. You think so. But I, I did not even think about that. Um, last week, Oklahoma had... Um, I guess you can call it a state convention, but they they call it Roundup, the 4-H Roundup, and it's at Oklahoma State University, and I heard it's pretty fun. Um, but that's where they, like, present the awards and such and recognize um, the county 4-Hs and such. I'm like, that sounds pretty interesting. Uh, but it's not as big as the FSA, which I understand. Um, but I, I never really thought about, like, the 4-H on a national level. Um, like the FFA. Yeah, that's, I don't know, it's kind of weird to think about, like, there's no, there's, you hear about, like, National 4-H Congress, National 4-H Conference. Um, our first place state winners, there's, like, not a national competition. Like, there's a national competition for, like, poultry, forest judging, art shooting sports, all that, but there's not, like, I don't know. It's weird to explain. I, I could be just overthinking this, but it's weird how 4-H does things nationally. It, it's just an odd thing. That but is not, I don't think there's a lot of national 4-H stuff. Probably, and I've probably assumed that, you know, 4-H is usually based off of a a university's extension like ag extension because i know yes um 4-h we're under the university of georgia college of agricultural and environmental science uh extension but ffa itself is under the national ffa organization it's under I think there, I think, I could be wrong. Yeah, that's all I could come up with. This is just the National FFA organization. There's no national 4-H organization. It's weird. That is That's weird. probably one of my least favorite things. Like, I don't think there's like a national recognition of 4-H, and that's kind of what upsets me. Because there's a lot of things 4-H members can combine with on a national level. I believe it. But I do too. I, I, I see really it do. with FFA all the time, but in 4-H, it's all—it's always difficult. It's always been the state, never national. So yeah, that's what I—that's what I have to say about that. So that kind of alludes to my next question, and the question is: If you could change one thing about the FFA, 4-H, or in agriculture in general, what would it be? Yeah, so I, I'm going to go off of my last point. If I could change anything, probably within the 4-H side, I would probably create, like, a national 4-H officer team. Like, I, I'm serious. Like, I think that 4-H could be combined with all 50 states. Um, We have a 4-H motto 
um, making the best better. But nationally, I think there should be a national team. And I, I love how FFA has our national officer team. Like, they're awesome. Like, I met them at Summit. This, those six individuals are amazing and what they teach and what they go out to at state conventions, at chapters with their um, supporters and um, all that. They're spreading the message of FFA. And I think that 4-H officers could do the same on a national level, but we don't see that in the 4-H world. And I would love to see that. I do too, honestly, and I'm not even 4-H. Um, I got a ton of friends who are in 4-H, though, and that would be a really cool experience for them. Yeah. Um, we have a state 4-H board. Um, I visited Virginia 4-H last year with Clovers and Company. Um, we went to their 4-H. They call it their 4-H State Congress, but their 4-H State Congress is like our Georgia 4-H State Council. And our Congress is kind of like their council. It's weird. It's like the opposite of each other. It's so weird. But watching how every state is always going to be different. Like Oklahoma and Georgia and Texas. Texas has 12 state officers. Oklahoma and Georgia have eight. I think they have eight. eight. I I don't know, like what they do in the 4-H here, like, uh, state-wise. Um, I do know that they elected uh, some kids uh, to the state office team. Um, they call themselves officers, like the president, vice president, secretary, all that jazz. Kind of like mm-hmm. the FFA, but not like the FFA in a way. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, like, the state, FFA state office, state FFA office, there's 12. Oklahoma and Georgia, Oklahoma has eight. Georgia has eight. Like, but 4-H, I have no idea what other states are like in 4-H except personal experience. Oh, yeah. And that's kind of what sucks is that I don't, well, besides like National Congress and SRTLC, um, you don't really get to see what other states are like. And that's kind of, I would change at least how to know that like getting students involved and visiting other states that would be a really cool experience Ooh, that's that's a good idea actually i love that idea i i guess um if you if you see my last post on the i believe tv instagram i just posted a uh, map of the united states and u.s territories um the the states and territories highlighted in yellow are the states I've interacted with, uh, like either on Instagram or on the show already. Um, and the states in white are the ones I have not talked to yet. Um, I have contacted every single um, association in the FFA, hoping to get at least one person. Um, but so far, I think I have 16 I've talked to, 16 states out of 52. Um, the extra two is Puerto Rico and, uh, U.S. Virgin Islands and Virgin Islands actually contacted me today. So that was pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah. I saw, I saw that post. I was thrilled and I saw Georgia and I was like, Ooh, wonder who that could be. And that was you. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's me. I'm so that's glad you. Georgia was on there. I was like, that's yes. You. Cause I, I had talked to Oklahoma 
I, I was telling them, I told them that you were interviewing me. Um, I think I had told them, I think I had said Tuesday because the original plan was Tuesday, but then we had to change it to today. Um, yeah. So they were like, oh, he's awesome. I, <laughs> I'm guessing you had met them before. Yes. Garrett yeah. had told me he was on there. So, yes. yeah, I, I looked at that post and I was like, whoo, George is on there. At first, I thought someone else was on it. I was like, all right, I'm about to see who in Georgia was <laughs> on here. And I was like, oh, probably <laughs> me. Oh, whoops. Okay. So I met Garrett at the uh, County Livestock Show up here in my county. Um, he's from a whole different county other than me. Um, mm. But he was he was at the time a candidate for uh, Northeast Area Vice President. So he kind of had to go around the Northeast area in my state just to visit and such. And um, he got to go to my county show. And I don't think he got to watch me show my goat. Um, if if he did, that would have been really embarrassing. But I got premium sale anyways. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's when I first met him. Uh, he was talking about showing hogs. And I'm like, oh, wow, he was doing this, too. I thought he was, like, a much older guy. I thought he was in his 20s at this time. But, no, he was just a senior in high school from Skytook. Um, so I was like, oh, he's one of us. <laughs> um, and then I, <laughs> then I met him again at our speech contest that my high school was hosting. Uh, we host the very first speech contest of the season, which is very, very exciting. Um and then, of course, I saw him again at uh, State Convention and uh, the Quiz Bowl and at his chapter, his home chapter. Um, don't want to talk about that. That was really embarrassing, but it's kind of fun oh. anyways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then when I, I did not want to vote for uh, the state offices because uh, the two other candidates for Northeast Area Vice President, um, I grew very close with them too. So I did not want to be the jerk and vote for – uh, one or the other. So I said uh, to one of the girls in my chapter, hey, vote for me. I cannot do this uh, uh, to them. Like, I cannot do that because um, I love all three of these people, um, Garrett, Abby, and Josie. Like, these three are my people. I cannot do that. So, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of like how I was this past two years. Um, I For, like, the past two, two years, um, the people that ran for state office, I had very, I had known for quite a while. And, um, I would, I, I would seriously, I was trying to find another way to not vote because I, I did not want to do that. Like, that's so weird. And yeah, it, it's very hard for voting people that you care about, especially when they're going against each other for an office. And that's kind of hard. Um, when we were, I, when I went to state council for 4-H, um, I, I had to be a voting delegate. And a lot of the people that were running for state board were very close to me. Like, I had known them for years. And it was hard choosing who I wanted to represent our state in 4-H, even though I wasn't going to be a part of it no more. It, it's just a really hard decision. To, it's it's a really hard responsibility to do and yeah it's heartbreaking I think that night I was like alone in a corner trying to eat pizza 
And one of <laughs> one of my friends had come and was like, Bobby, you're not gonna come on the dance floor. You love to dance. I was like, I can't dance. I just chose one person over the other. I can't. <laughs> and oh, they're on all yeah. of them were on the dance floor. And I was like, I can't be in front of them knowing that I had not picked them. Like I, I can't. That's I can't. No. And I I wish I wish I had gone but wasn't a voting delegate, but by our 4-H constitution, like I had to, I had no other choice because there was that set of Madam Voting Delegates that came. So mm-hmm. I, I had no choice but to, but it, it was heartbreaking. It was upsetting for me. I couldn't do that. So thankfully in FFA, <laughs> I was able to get around it. Because <laughs> I, I don't know what I would, would have done if I was a voting delegate. I was a voting delegate one time. That was my sophomore year, and it was virtual, and I had never met any of the candidates before in my life, not one bit. So our chapter had congregated. We had decided as a chapter, and the other person that was with me, because in um, Georgia FFA, each chapter is allowed two voting delegates. Yes, yes, that that works for Oklahoma, too. Yeah, we had... Two, two voting delegates, and based on what the chapter deci- decided, we voted for that person or that set amount of people. So I didn't meet any of the can- candidates that year, so I was okay with it. <laughs> but the following year, I knew half of them, and I was like, okay, how do I get around this? Because the vice presidents of the chapter are usually the ones that are the voting delegates, Either that or the president, if one of the VPs couldn't do it. In this case, it was the president and the vice president because I had managed to be an ambassador that year. I wanted to be an ambassador anyway, but it really, they said that you couldn't run for state office. You couldn't really be a voting delegate. And I think there was like one other responsibility that I wasn't clear for. But I don't remember that. But that was, those were the two main things. I was like, okay, well, I'm not running for state, state office this year um, for a wholly total separate, separate reasons. Hmm. And then this past year, I was running, I ran for state office. Um, so I couldn't be a voting delegate anyway. So. And that brings me to my next question. How 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 did the process of getting state office work for you? I didn't ask this question to Garrett Case, even though I should have. Um, but you are my next state officer, um, so I I'm just going to ask you that question. That's that's cool. I love I love I like sharing how Georgia FFA works. Um, so um, it starts with it starts at the chapter level. Um, chapters can submit one person to run for state office. Um, those applications all go to our region director, um, and there's three regions. There's a north region, a central region, and south region. Um, all of those region uh, directors will send their applications to our state executive secretary. Then they will mail us details of our nominating committee process. The nominating committee process is comprised of eight people, and they can't. And the way 
is you have your uh, test, which is an FFA knowledge test. It covers um, agricultural facts from uh, Georgia Farm, American Farm Bureau's Farm and Facts book. Um, it covers the FFA knowledge from the manual and student handbook, covers New Horizons, and covers parliamentary procedure. And it's 50 questions. That's it. That's like that's the first day of how we went through it. It was just the test. The next test go the next day. Um, you have two personal interviews, and then you have your group interview. And there's six different categories. Um, it's three questions from three categories each per round. So. Uh, three categories go into the first personal interview. The three other ca question categories go into the second personal interview. And then you have your group interview about any category from those topics. And then they combine the scores. And then at state convention, they'll have the results. And the top four from each region advances to like the actual election process so um uh there was so there's like a total of 12 people that move on to be voted on then what will happen is you'll vote for um two region vice presidents the top two automatically become vice president from each region and that's your top six so you'll have two people from North region, two people from Central region, and two people from South region. So this year, I'll, I'll go explain those top six for us. Um, our North regions was Ian and Emma. Our Central Central region was Andrew and Angel. And then our South region was me and Macy. So out of those six, um, any one of us can run for state president the state president election comes first all six of us ran and how that works is whoever region gets state president so in this case ian got state president um the third person top four the third person will move up to become the north region state vice president and replace ian so in this case cindy and she re replaced Ian as North Region State Vice President, and Ian became State President. Then it moves on to the Secretary election. So um, Emma and Cindy cannot run for State Secretary because Ian was State President. And so the other two regions can run for State Secretary. And in this case, in all four of us, Angel, Andrew, Macy, and me ran for state secretary. And the same thing happens again. Um, me and, well, I didn't mention, me and Ian had gotten to a state president tie or runoff, and Ian beat me. And then same thing happened with me and Macy. Me and Macy was in a runoff. But at that time, we had known that South Region was going to move up because both of us were from South Region. So whatever the outcome was, there was going to be the third person from the top four for South Region was going to be 
a South region state vice president. In that case, Ella replaced Macy. Macy had gotten state secretary. So Ella had became the South region state vice president along with me. I stayed as vice president. And then you'll have your eight state officers. That is a crazy process. I did not think it was going to be that hard. Um, it, so- it was a tough race. I will say that all of the candidates that had ran for state office this year are phenomenal. All of them were overqualified in my eyes, but it, it's very tough. I'll say that. So from my understanding of the Oklahoma FFA Association State Officer Team is, of course, they have NOVCOM like you guys do, uh, nominating committee, and then they spend however many days they have up there doing what they do. And then um, they have three. They choose three uh, for each office. So you have state president, um, state uh, secretary, state reporter, and then we have the five uh, area president, uh, vice presidents. Now, f- to be president, you must have been a previous state officer um, that, like, immediate past year. So, in this case, it was Caleb Horn because uh, he was last year's um, Northwest area vice president. So he was he was the guy who got to be president this year. Um, so they have three people uh, for state, you know. Yeah, yeah, yada. And then we go through all that election stuff. And then um, it's just that one person. We don't have um, like any move ups or anything, from my understanding, at least, because that's what I witnessed at state convention. Um, I think this year we had five um, state officers uh, like run for president, which was um, Caleb Horn, of course, Kyla Taylor. Um, I believe um, Hayden Harper was running too, and the, I forgot who else was running. But there was quite a few who were running for president. But of course, you can only choose one. Um, but yeah, that's how we have our officer team. Uh, it's just that one person that gets to go. Wow, that's that's crazy. Like I know for us, it is. It didn't matter how many people ran. It's just whoever the top four from each region that came out of NOMCOM was able to run. And this year they had eight people region. You had seven people run from South region. And then you had six people running from North region. So there was about 20. Let's see. I think that's 21. 21, I think. 21 or 22. 22 people ran for state office this year, which is a very, it's a good number. But I remember in the past, there used to be like 40 people running for state office. Oh, wow. It was, it was a, yeah. I was watching some past convention videos um, on YouTube because they, they post them on YouTube all the time. And I would look at the state officer nominating committee report and I'd look at the bleachers of where they're all sitting, and there was like four full rows, four or five full rows of state officer candidates. It blows my mind. So, ooh, that, that's, that's making me think. Okay, so we have the five area vice presidents, so that's 15 already, and then we have um, secretary and reporters, so that's another six. So we have 21 
um, just going into the new office, uh, like the new school year, uh, 2023, 2024 state officer team. And then, of course, we have um, whoever's eligible to run for president uh, who passed that nomcom. Um, or how I don't know how they do it for president. I, I believe they go through nomcom at least because, you know, it would only make sense. Um, but yeah, like over 20 st- uh, state officer candidates. Um, that is, that's a huge, uh, like nerve wracking thing for me just thinking about that. But yet again, um, only each office has three candidates. So that, that kind of like outweighs it. Um, so that's, that's good for me at least. Um, I am planning on running for, uh, either state secretary or reporter, uh, just so I can, you know, see more of just my area. Um, I know that we have the goodwill tour. Uh, which is where the state officer team will travel around the state and uh, speak to uh, like local chapters. But like for me, I love seeing new people and I love exploring uh, my state. I I just, I just love doing that. Mm, Gotcha. Yeah. That's, I know some associations have like a travel team, like they're like Texas. I got to uh, hear about this at summit. And uh, they have their president and their first vice president is like their travel team. And they grow throughout the state. And then the other officers just do their areas. It's I guess that's kind of the purpose of their (laughs) officer position. But I know for us, like five, the five of us that are going to college are all going to the same school, which is ABAC. Um, if you don't know what uh, ABAC stands for, it stands for Abraham Baldwin Agricultural College. Um, I don't know if you met Ivy at alumni camp, but she's a senior at ABAC. Um, Abby? Ivy. Ivy, no. Idea. She is probably um, in a, like a different session than I was. I went to session five. Of, of uh, a- yeah, yeah. She was a small group leader, I believe. So it probably was a different session. I don't know. Um, But if you do get the chance to meet her, she's like the sweetest thing you would ever hear. And she was state secretary 2019-2020. So right as COVID hit, like their convention was completely virtual. And uh, yeah, but the five of us that are going to college are all going to ABAC. And so, and six of us are going to be in the same area because Ella lives 45 minutes away from ABAC in the South region. And so six of us are going to be in the same area and Andrew and Ella or Andrew and Angel are going to be in South central region and high school still. And so for us, it depends on whoever's available for a chapter that requests an officer, or if we're traveling and we need, and we want to visit a chapter where we can do that. We just got to talk to our people, you know. But the way I, I kind of find it interesting how other states do their chapter visits. That's pretty cool. Um, so I, I'm just going to say right now, because I know everybody's going to listen to you. Uh, people are very excited to listen to you. Um, so, guys, on Tuesday, I have national candidate Bryce Fisher coming on. Tuesday night. He is from the Texas FFA. He was the first vice president um, under Windsor Godfrey. Um, so stay tuned for that. 
And yeah, please continue. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think that's all I have to say about that. Yeah. Alrighty. Um, where do you see agriculture in the next ten years? I know this is going to be like a very long episode, but like this is such a good conversation. Yeah, I I appreciate the, I appreciate your time. I am always willing to talk. I am a talkative person. <laughs> um, let's see, in ten years, I think agriculture is going to be, um, how do I put this? I think ag- I think agriculture will be in very good hands. Um, I'm hoping that the farm bill that gets passed this year and future farm bills in the next um, five years, it will be good. I'm glad we had talked to our um, legislators this past week, and I'm very pleased that the way that they're hoping with this farm bill, it will get passed the way that it needs to. But I see agriculture in very good hands with not only um, FFA and 4-H's job with teaching young adults and students about the agricultural industry, but also how they're diversifying it. Like, I think that's just an awesome way to get students and agriculturalists involved and producing food, producing fiber creating all these all these things that make agriculture the way it is and i know that the population grows every year like i think literally two years ago i I always hear seven billion people on our planet now it's eight billion people on our planet and it's more food that we need to create and i think with new technology that we're always coming up with we're going to achieve that and that that's how i see agriculture in the next 10 years I could not have said it better. <laughs> Seriously, um, everybody's heard my gist, and I think you just hit the the nail, on, uh, the hammer on the nail. That that's a good one. I I actually love that answer. Thank uh, you. So, what was your plan for after high school? Oh, well, I'm in the phase of phase one. I I, I think of my plan after high school in phases. So I'm currently in phase one which is packing and heading to freshman year of college. Um, I said this before, but I'm going to ABAC, um, and I'll be studying agricultural communications. So after high school and after ABAC for four years, um, I plan to be a 4-H extension educator, kind of doing what my 4-H agent does, um, doing that for a little while and I don't know what I'm going to do after that. I haven't thought that far ahead, but I just know that I want to be an extension agent, extension educator, um, or a 4-H agent, or if God leads me in the way, I might be an ag teacher. I might, I might have a minor in ag education, which that's not a bad idea. That really isn't a bad idea. Um, God willing, I be an ag teacher after, um, graduating from Oklahoma State uh, when I go to college because um, that's where I plan on going to uh, for my high, uh, after high school. And um, the only reason why I want to become an ag teacher um, isn't just because I want to experience the FFA more. Um, I mean, yes, that that's, that's one of the main reasons. But, like, my ag teacher, he really inspired me last year. 
because um, I got to see a lot of the the uh, behind the scene um, duties he had to do and all the things he did just for us kids. And like, you know, I like teaching yeah. people. But that's when I started learning. Like, hey, I love teaching people what I know. What if I did that for a career? And the FFA is um, just one of those opportunities where I can do that. And if I be an ag teacher, I can do that for years and years and years like he has. Yeah, this, my my ag teacher, uh, ag teachers, and I said this before, Miss Wendell, she, she's been in my life for a long time because she had went to my church. And Miss uh, Young, uh, her last four years and being my advisor for four years, she she knows her stuff. And she, she's been an ag teacher for nine years. Um, she's been teaching for over 20. Oh, wow. And she says, she says that if she had taught, if she had knew that ag education was a thing when she was deciding to be a teacher, she would have already done it. And that's inspiring to see how ag- education works. And so I, I think that if people, people had learned more about ag education years ago, we would be awesome. Not saying that it isn't now, but oh yeah, I know, I know ag, there is an ag teacher shortage at the moment. There is, yes. So I think that if people had known the opportunity of ag education beforehand, it'd be a lot better. Um. So, like for that ag uh, ag teacher shortage, um, one of the bigger schools in our state, Broken Arrow. They are. They have like close to a thousand kids um, per class, which is nuts. Um, they did not have uh, an ag teacher ready to go, so they posted on Facebook asking for one. And so all of us ag kids were like, "Hey, um, help out the school. They need an ag teacher." And you know, it's just FFA members trying to help out FFA members at this point, um, which is a good thing to do. Um, I don't know, like the current status. Um, on that part, but I hope that they actually found uh, a good fit uh, for that ag program over there in Broken Arrow. Yeah, we we have two ag teachers at my school. Um, ag County over for me, they have one teacher, and they're a two star chapter. I had saw I had seen the postings today, and I had saw that the school beside us, who we're really close with. Uh, they had made it a two-star chapter, and they only have one teacher, and that that's amazing. So. Oh yeah, we we only have one teacher. Oh yeah. Yeah, we're a we're a one teacher program, um, and we have well over a hundred kids, uh, in our chapter. Um, so yesterday we had freshman orientation, and so what I did was well, not what I did, um, but like. We did, uh, we made little gift bags, uh, not basket, bags, uh, full of candy and a pencil. And um, while I was uh, working with the uh, schedule pickup, because uh, my principal, he's like, he just wandered off. So I'm like, oh, all right, I'll do your job. <laughs> I love you, Coach, though. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, I just took a few bags, ha- uh, placed it beside me. And then whenever a freshman came to pick up the schedule, um, I look at the schedule just to, you know, see – if they t- uh, enrolled in ag, I'm like, Hey, uh, I see that you're an ag. Uh, can't wait to see you there. And if they weren't, I'm like, Hey, do you consider joining an ag class? Um, and if they said yes, I'm like, heck yeah, I'll see you then. Or if they say no, I'm like, 
okay, well, maybe later in the future. I'd love to see you there. Um, just small things like that, just to re- uh, boost recruitment up. Um, the, my my principal was kind of like, dude, we, we don't need any more kids in ag. Um, we have well over 100 kids, and if we're overflowing uh, ag ed one and uh, the after grade class. So he needed like slow down a bit, but it, it's one of those cool things that like, it, it seems like a bad thing, but really you're doing good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have long County FFA. They have about 380 kids and we're the, I don't know if Oklahoma does like an annual report, but we have uh, like rankings of like first chapter second third fourth it goes all the way to the first and fifth and i'm pleased to say that long county is number five out of the whole state and that's nuts that's amazing and our state president he's from madison county and his chapter is number one and that uh, they have a ton of ffa members there so my state association has about twenty six thousand members how many does georgia have so Georgia FFA has eighty over eighty thousand members. We are the third largest state association behind Texas and California. And that uh, is, oh my god. Yeah. We've grown in the last three, four years. Um, last time I checked, um, Oklahoma was number six with the most i could be wrong but that was the last time i checked and that was a few months ago um but wow eighty thousand members dang is is it's a very big accomplishment and i'm hoping this year at say convention we see a higher number so i'm really rooting for it I'm hoping in the next few years we hit the million mark in ffa membership i'm 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 hoping that I know I know the hundred year anniversary is coming up quick. It and is. Fortunately, it really is. I'll just be an alumni at that time. But seeing that billion mark is going to be amazing. Yes, that, it, it, I'm hoping it comes sooner. That million mark at the centennial would be the best thing ever. That would make like headlines on every single news station, newspaper, whatever. Um, cause like that doesn't really happen often to anything, like any business. Um, but like the FFA getting a million members, um, like that mark at the hundredth year uh, of it being like a national organization, that is nuts. Just think about that. Um, we are 150,000. Uh, away from that and i think we can reach that goal oh i think we can reach it too i have full faith yeah so this past year we just chartered a new uh ffa chapter in the small town of coleman um i had the pleasure of meeting their officer team uh and their advisor and i had the absolute best time just uh getting to interact and hang out with them um they were a little bit timid about it um like talking to me because you know my chapter uh, we are a little bit older than our state association, uh, which is crazy to think about. Um, I don't know if Georgia is like that too. Uh, if their chapter, like if they have any chapters older than the association itself. Um, but we have quite a few here in Oklahoma like that. 
Um, but they're like, dude, you come from like the oldest chapter. I'm like, yeah. Um, but yet again, uh, with old uh, and wise wisdom and knowledge, it needs to be shared uh, to the younger ones. You know, um, that is why we have the owl, um, mm-hmm. a time honored emblem of knowledge and wisdom. And that is the cool thing about the advisor. We look up to him from time to time when the need arises. Yeah, I'm very, I know, I don't know, I don't know which chapters are, but Georgia FFA started out with 1,010 members. Um, I don't remember, I don't know what those chapters are or what those chapters were at the time, but that's all I know when Georgia FFA started, so. Um, my chapter started when the state of Oklahoma was only 20 years old. So, <laughs> so that's crazy to think about. And I know Georgia is one of the th- uh, original 13 colonies. So it, it's not like much of like a big deal, but like being 20 years younger than your own state, that says a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's a interesting path to come across. That's something I'm going to have to research. I think yes. that's. I'm curious to now. <laughs> I want to know which how what's our oldest chapter in the state of Georgia. I think that's going to be something I'm to research in the, in the next actually month. I, I'm going to make that my goal. I'm going to research which which one of our chapters is the oldest. I'm going to ask my team about that to, too. I, I think we're to asking tomorrow. I would love to know that. That is that's. <laughs> Um, I forgot which one's the oldest. Um, I do know that the very first state president um, came from the town of Claremore, and Claremore is about maybe an hour and a half away from me. Um, so I'm like, heck yeah. So they got a pretty good feat right there, um, having the very first state president. That's that's awesome. That so, is that's awesome. So- so I want to know about your SAEs, your CDEs, and your LDEs, and FFA, of course. Um, again, an SAE is a supervised agricultural experience. A CDE is a career development event. And an LDE is a leadership development event. All right. So I'll start off with my SAE. Um, I have two – well – I started out with one, then I switched to another, and that one's been the same ever since. Um, my first one was in the small animal care. I took care of a rabbit because at the <laughs> time I did not know what uh, I could do for an SAE project. Um, but that's also when my family started to be involved with horses, and my aunt and uncle had started a uh, horse stables. Um, but we didn't, I didn't stick with them until my junior and senior year. I had my sophomore year, I had went into equine, but I had, uh, been with, uh, sticky limb stables, which is literally right down the road for me. Um, but there I managed about 30 horses. I would take care and, uh, feed them whenever I could at least seven hours a week. Um, I would help out kids. Uh, with lessons, whenever that would come up, um, I would participate in horse shows. I did barrel racing. I did uh, pleasure riding. I trained the horses for what I needed to compete in. Um, and then my senior year, I had switched over to my aunt and uncle's stables. And uh, I did the same thing, but with fewer horses. But it was good. Um, 
then my career uh, development event, my the ones that I you normally do. Uh, I talked about doing agriculture communications. Um, I also did farm business management, which our team also went to state for. Um, that was also the first time that we had went to state. So I'm kind of happy about being one of the firsts. Um, another CDE that I did was forestry, four-man forestry. That was a fun thing. And I kind of like trees now because of that. So <laughs> that's cool. Um, those are my top three. And then my LDEs, I always did prepared public speaking. Um, um, it was a fun time doing that. I always talked about wildfires, um, all that sort of stuff. And then, um, well, I did parliamentary procedure one year. Um, uh, kind of interesting to know about because I did not know how to do parliamentary procedure and it was very difficult. So I'm trying to, uh, get my chapter to start the parliamentary uh, parliamentary uh, procedure. I know it's for uh, eighth and ninth graders only, so I'm not able to do it now because I'll be a junior in high school. Um, but I'm like, hey, maybe we should try this. Uh, and my actor's like, okay. So he bought like six books, and he's going to try and get kids to do that uh, this upcoming school year. Um, so like a lot of these things coming up this school year, um, my officer team and I have like implemented, uh, because this past, uh, the past two years at state convention, um, the only things that we got called up for on stage, um, was the four recipients for the state degree, uh, my freshman year and the hunger banquet, uh, hunger challenge thing is, uh, if you don't know what that is, it's where an FFA member donates like an animal, um, and it goes to like a nonprofit organization. Um, it's really cool and it's very helpful. Um, I promote it and I got to uh, pick up that plaque and I like that a, a lot. I got to meet uh, former Senator Hawkins. He was a uh, state president in the 50s, uh, 50s I think, uh, in Oklahoma. But yeah, uh, my officer team and I were like, dude, we cannot just have our name called up once. We need to. We need to step up our game and try and get Dewey back on the map. So a lot of these ideas that were coming up for this upcoming school year, um, we're going to push for um, like bigger and better. Um, and that's kind of like why I started this podcast. Um, Cause I wanted to do something bigger for myself, but also um, like reach out to the younger generation and the generation we are in now who doesn't know much about agriculture. Um, so, like, this uh, this conversation right now, it will be part of my speech this upcoming uh, school year. Um, so, like, anything I learn from you and any, anything I learn from, like, my other guests and my other conversations, uh, the data I get will go to a speech I am preparing. Um, and I think my first speech is in November, uh, which will be for cattle women's. Uh, associations and then uh, for the AFR cooperation, which is a very big time uh, insurance company here in Oklahoma. That's awesome. I, I'm kind of, I'm glad that you picked out um, something that you're able to reach out to other people and share, share it. And that's what I like about the FFA that you get people to share their, share their passions 
and share what they love to do. And they do it in, in ways that none, no other people can imagine doing it. And so I, I always hear about like when students tell and speak, the adults are like, I could not do this when I was younger. Like it's, it's amazing how we are able to share what we love in the ways that we do it. So I'm very proud of you, Jacob. I, I really do like this podcast. Thank you. I, I really do appreciate that feedback. And uh, any feedback I get, I try and implement it to my next episode. I want um, this podcast to go very far. I mean, it already has. Um, I've already gotten 15, yeah, 15 states, I think, more than that. I, I forgot. Um, but, like, I, I feel like this is going to be a long-time thing for me, long-term. Um, I really hope so because I'm investing my own money into this. And I'm trying to get, like, apparel out and, um, you know, just to make it, like, a wide thing for our national FFA. Um, but, like, again, this is this podcast is not just for the FFA. This is for uh, everything agriculture, uh, which is the main goal. But I guess FFA members like to uh, be on the show. <laughs> um, so, I yeah, that that's my thing. <laughs> awesome. I love it. I love it, love it, love it. So what are you most excited about uh, for your freshman year of college? Definitely the classes. I'm, I'm like, I know a lot of people won't say, like, classes. They'll always say, like, oh, I'm excited to meet new friends, do all these activities, go to another culture town. I'm excited for the classes. I'm a nerd. Like, <laughs> the classes that I'm going to are, like, they're new to me. So I, I guess that just what's intrigued me is like how college classes are like. I'm very excited to see experience that kind of learning. I'll, I'll take that answer. Um, like for me, um, I'm also in student council. So uh, I am the student body secretary and I am the class of 2025 vice president, along with being the president of my FFA chapter. Um, so I got a lot going on for my school and I am super duper excited to, um, do what's best for my peers and, uh, the lower, uh, classmen and the, of course the seniors too, cause you, you can't just forget about them. And, uh, just to leave a legacy for my school. Um, and like it, what I'm doing right now is so much bigger uh, than myself, and you would have never thought that um, a few years ago I would not be like where I'm at right now. Um, like four years ago, I was, ooh, I was in Kiefer, Oklahoma, and I was just getting ready for uh, my seventh grade year, and I didn't really do much. And then now I'm here in Dewey, um, just living life and making the most of it. With my family and this podcast, the FFA, Student Council, and the National Art Society. Um, so, yeah, that, that's my gist. That's, that sounds very awesome. Very proud of you, Jacob. Like, I, don't, I, don't know if you, I don't know if you knew this, but I was watching your podcast from the very beginning. Like I, I'd seen it. I was like, huh, podcast. And I, I was struck with the I believe part. That caught my attention. And I don't know how others would say they caught 
they were intrigued with it. I know a lot of people will, but the title of your podcast, I believe, says something. So, very, very, I, moi, French <laughs> kids. It's amazing. Well, like, so nobody's really asked me why I chose I Believe TV as the, uh, the trademark logo. Um, so, of course, I put the rising sun there um, because the rising sun is uh, the start of a new era in agriculture, as said in the, the station of the president. Um, and, of course, this year I got elected as president of my chapter, so it just made even more sense. Um, Blue and Gold, because that's the uh, organization I represent, the Blue and Gold uh, FFA, of course. And then I believe because in the FFA creed, it says, I believe in the future of agriculture with a faith born not of words but of deeds, achievements won by the present and past generations of agriculturists, and in the promise of better days through better ways even as the better things we now enjoy have come to us through the struggles of former years. That first paragraph is why this podcast is here today. My struggles has became my motivation for my success. That's, that, that's, that's awesome to hear. Like, um, that, that, that's just amazing, Jacob. Like, <laughs> I, I cannot even come up with words to tell you how, awesome you believe in that creed and that creed means so much to so many people and the it fact that does. SFA has been around for 96 years and we only revised it three times 96 years and well um let me rephrase that 93 years for the creed um but it's only been revised three times and there are small little details, but the overall parts of the creed still remain, and that is inspiring. So, maybe the U.S. government needs to uh, revise the Constitution <laughs> like the FFA does. <laughs> oh, I'm a yeah. Oh man, <laughs> but yeah, like that, the first paragraph in the creed um, is like why I chose that name and uh, like the overall message of the first paragraph um, really represents me um, as a whole. So that that's, that's how I believe TV started um, like the, the trademark and such. Yeah. Um, well, Jacob, it's been an amazing time. Uh, do you have any more questions for me? Um, if you uh, would like to stick around, I'll have a few more questions for you. That's fine. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I always ask this to everybody because I just love these stories. But what is your funniest FFA moment? <laughs> Excuse my funny laughter. I can tell stories about the funniest things that happen. And I'm going to say this. And I, I know someone from my chapter, if they're listening, they're going to agree with me. The funniest thing that has ever happened our bus trips to and from conventions and competitions. We we will have dance parties on our bus. Like we'll sing our hearts out. But the funniest thing is our president, or the president at my time was one of good friends of mine, uh, Shelby White. Um, she 
she uh likes to sit on the ground on the bus <laughs> in the aisle um because you know she can't sit in those seats because she, her ankle and she went through a very bad ankle injury because of softball um but she would sit on the ground occasionally and she would she she would toss and tumble everywhere on the bus to the point that all of us would be affected and one time while miss young was driving uh, she went from one side of the bus to another, and I, on sitting on the seat, I would fall onto the ground from a break. Like, everyone would be shifted from. We all just be dying, and everyone looks at Shelby, and go, "That's normal for you, but everyone else, this is nonsense." Oh but my. the bus trips on the way to and from are very fun. I think another funny one is we are, I don't know what we are listening to, but um, our other vice president, Isaiah, and his brother, Jacob, who is the president now, um, we are on the way back from our area banquet, and they were just telling us crazy songs, and they would sing it to us, and we had no idea what they were singing. And then we would jump along, and then one thing goes another. Our advisors are embarrassed. Like, they would give us a funny look, and are, like, in shock of what we are singing and listening to. But I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It, it's Bus rides are crazy, man. I, I love bus rides to and from competitions and, say, convention and uh, all these other uh, things going on for the FFA. Um, I if you have, I know you listened to the first one that that one about um the restaurant parking lot that is probably my highlight. <laughs> <sophomore. laughs> uh, I remember listening to that story. That oh my god, that one was so. I still laugh about it to this day. Um, I haven't told anyone this yet. Um, but I think it was ooh, it was cold out. I, I forgot what month it was. Um, but my friend Marissa, of course, this is everything happens with Marissa at this point. Um, and my other friend Daphne, they were throwing a football in the ag shop. Very bad idea, anyways. Don't do that. Um, but you know, me being the football guy, um, I went to go intercept the ball. And Marissa, she's getting all hissy fit about it. And so I, I gave her the ball back and then uh, she threw it to Daphne, and she went to go talk to my uh, my ag teacher and his friend. Um, so Daphne, she kicked the ball to me, and then me, me being stupid, of course, um, <laughs> I decided to kick the ball back. Now I am not a punter at all. I am. Uh, I rushed the ball, and uh, when I did play football, though, I was in the trenches, um, which means I was uh, on the line. I was a lineman. Um, so I kicked the ball and it hit Marissa in the head. I felt so bad. And, um, like she, she was kind of crying for a minute. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I feel really bad now. I feel even worse. And then, uh, she was like lunging at me. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. What's she she trying to do? She threw a piece of metal at my leg. It cut my leg. Um, not badly though. And then she threw a bucket at me. And I caught that bucket, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. It, she's still coming at me at this point. She grabs a broomstick, 
And so I put the bucket over her head and then she's, she's crying a little bit more and then I'm feeling even worse. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, let's just calm down for a minute. My ag teacher and his friend are just watching this all unfold. And then she punches me right in the face. I'm like, Oh, and my, my lip is busted at this point. Um, but we both laugh at that day, uh, now because, you know, it's, it's one of those like moments where you're just having with your best friend. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, the situation at first, it was really immature on both of us. But, like, at the same time, we can both l- laugh at it now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that is um, my story of getting hit in the face um, by a friend in the FFA on purpose. <laughs> oh, I, I, mm, I used to play baseball, and uh, I, that's my number one fear was being hit in the head. <laughs> Ooh. Never happened, but my greatest fear, being hit in the head by a baseball, or anything by that matter. So you're probably going to hate me for this, but I cannot, like, I cannot watch baseball. I I, 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 I can relate. Sometimes I just can't watch it. But I love the Braves. The Braves are my favorite baseball team. So, I'm because I'm a Georgian. <laughs> because the Atlanta Braves. Um, like, for me, I just can't watch baseball. Like, I got to play it. If I enjoy baseball when I'm playing it. Um, that's me for most sports, but like for football, I can watch and I'll play like that. That's my sport. Um, and this kind of alludes to my next fun question. What team do you, uh, root for? Now, when you mean team, do you, is there a specific sport? Um, it could be, let's let's go a little bit deeper what's your favorite college that like plays a variety of sports like do you root for georgia dogs uh georgia southern georgia state so i'm a i'm a dogs fan okay okay go go dogs um i i like i said earlier I, i like wearing polos i have like four different kinds of uga polos that i wear all the time doesn't matter what occasion wear it all the time um i just i root for uga because it's one it's my home state to um just uga just empowers me um i want to have a master's degree in at communications uh from uga but uga overall is just an awesome school so um, like have you always been a uga fan or like recently I've always been a UGA fan. Okay, uh, good, 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 so good. I wasn't, like, forced to be a UGA fan, even though sometimes it might seem like it. <laughs> um, but um, I've always rooted for UGA since I was little. Um, I've always been wanted to be a red coat, um, which some people might not know this, but I know my home chapter does. I'm a band geek. Still kind of am a band geek. I've always been... Uh, that music side and so when I did marching band I was always determined to be a music major and be a part of the Georgia Redcoats because the Redcoats are awesome in my opinion it's like um, every morning sometimes and I, my state officer team knows about this um, I would play uh, Redcoat music every morning like the first week of uh, base camp uh, Andrew uh, we always hear like some sort of marching band music coming out, and it's either from Red Coats or from 
music that we played while I was in marching band. But, uh, you know, UGA fanfare, um, glory, glory, glory. Oh, glory, glory. Uh, But, yeah, UGA has always been my favorite school. And I I will root for them anywhere, all the time. Whether it's football, Georgia, um, football, um, cheerleading is one of them. I don't know why. I watch cheerleading (laughs) sometimes. It's weird. And and that is what a loyal college fan does. Um, That is, like, for me, for Oklahoma State, I watch any sport I can. Um, Like, most recently – um, I watched uh, one of our golfers play at a very huge tournament, and he won it out. And then, like, before that, I was watching the uh, College World Series for softball. Um, I'm disappointed in that season, but uh, we had a very good run. We were number two um, in the country at one point behind Oklahoma. Um, and then, of course, I'm a, I'm a huge Oklahoma State football fan. Um, like my room, um, not with a room, but like I have a wall that I call the shrine. It has a lot of Oklahoma State stuff. Um, because not only did my family go there, but like I've grew up around Oklahoma State stuff like all my life. And, um, but yeah, sports is just my thing, especially for football. Um, now don't get me wrong. I love, uh, learning about other college traditions, um, like this past year, I was looking at Florida State and um, their opening entrance to uh, their home games, how they bring uh, Chief Osceola uh, on that horse and he throws that spear in the middle of the field or the Tennessee Volunteers um, with their Rocky Top entrance. I uh-huh. love that, the forming of the T. Um, and I'm, I'm just so intrigued with like college traditions and like, um, if you ever look on like my personal Instagram, um, uh, I post a, like a big 12 prediction every week. Um, uh, like the teams I think would win, uh, and teams that would lose. Now, what did I get like a hundred percent right on any weeks? No. Um, but like, it was just for fun. And, um, I did like a college pick them thing, uh, which is on the ESPN app. And then, uh, what you do is, uh, you pick one team, um, for that like game, so they have ten games from that week, uh, that weekend, and then uh, you get points for, for however, however many you get right, and it's like really fun. Um, I'm a huge nerd when it comes to college football, um, but I'm also like a huge nerd for history, especially about warfare and such. I'm, I'm all over the place, I guess. <laughs> well, um. I just I got one more question for you, um, because you are a Georgia fan. Well, not like a Georgia Georgia fan, but like you're from Georgia. Um, uh-huh. What is your favorite country song? Um, that's an excellent question. One that um define would define what you mean by country because there's like. So apparently there's different kinds of country and I want to get this right um, what you're trying to ask let, let's make it broad um, like it could be two, uh, like newer country like 2010s up it could be 2000s 90s, 80s, 70s uh, older than that 
Um, it's a very excellent question. There's, I don't know. Sometimes I listen to country a lot. Sometimes I don't. I love Carrie Underwood. Yes. yes. I love Carrie Underwood. Yes. I was listening to Blown Away the other day. I was, um, what well, I was singing one of her songs in the car with my sister. I don't remember which one. Um, I don't remember the song title, but I, I love Carrie Underwood. I'm gonna say that because she's one of my favorite country artists. Um, and, and she is from my home state of Oklahoma. So I know. It even better. <laughs> so, I. I yeah, I'm gonna I'm leave it as Carrie Underwood. Carrie Underwood's my favorite. Alrighty, alrighty, I'll I'll take it. I'm a I'm a Brooks and Dunn fan. Wow. Uh, so I I love '90s music, uh, '90s country music, um, mm-hmm. especially from Brooks and Dunn and Alan Jackson and such. Uh-huh. Uh, and I have like the entire uh, like best uh, song edition uh, from the '90s from Brooks and Dunn on uh-huh. CD. So I play that all the time in my room. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, my, uh, my my favorite song of all time is called "Brand New Man." Um, if you haven't heard that one, I suggest you listen to it. It is the best song ever, in my opinion. Yeah, I can I can I can agree with you on that one. Okay. Um, do you have any advice for me, any viewers and guests for the show? Um. So if I I'm gonna say this. Um, with truly to all of my heart, uh, take every moment with everything that you got. One thing that I always live by is, um, cherish the big things, embrace the small things, but leave nothing for granted. Uh, that's what I live by every day. Um, everything comes with a purpose and I tell this to literally everyone. So if you're ever listening to this, Whatever, just embrace everything that comes your path because it's there for a reason. And love one another all the time. Like, I, I kid you not, love is one of the strongest things in the world. And if you love one another, the world will be just fine. Um, my advice to you, Jacob, is keep being you. This podcast obviously means something to you and it means something to a lot of other people and uh i think you're gonna go very far with this so keep it up i'm very proud of it i'm kind of tearing up and i don't cry (laughs) i'm sorry i don't mean to tear you up (laughs) hey you are fine man oh my gosh Woo, man wow (laughs) man i need to come to you when i need advice (laughs) Well, uh, occasionally I'm a funny person, but I can also be a serious person. As as we all should, like we should have those serious moments in those fun times. Um, do you have any questions for me? Um, I do not have any questions for you, Jacob. All righty. Well, thank you so much, Bobby. I loved this entire conversation. I know this is very long, but like again, this is probably my. I'm not. I'm going to be very biased. Um, this is probably my, my one of my favorite episodes I've ever recorded. Um, I'm I'm going to say ever. This is the seventeenth episode, but like still, this is this is one of the best interactions I've had yet. Um, I'm I'm not like bashing anybody. Like I love each and every single one of my guests, but this is by far one of the coolest ones I've got to experience.
That's awesome. I'm very, I'm, I'm honored to be that, that person for you and anybody that's listening. So, man, you're gonna make me tear up now. Holy cow! <laughs> I'm, it's eleven. It's eleven o'clock at night for me, and I'm tearing up. <laughs> I believe TV listeners and guests, this is Bobby Ray Stout, your Southern Region Vice President of the Georgia FFA Estate Association. Thank you so much, Bobby Ray. I had an absolute great time. And as always, why are we here? Because we believe. Because we believe. Thank you, Bobby. Make it a great day and may uh, be kind to somebody.